Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It was an exciting time in Coventry. (laughs) Yeah, no one's ever said that before. In a weather-affected week of football, Bristol Rovers shave their heads but don't play. Liverpool versus Chelsea in the WSL last six minutes, then they can't play. And Frank Lampard is finally relieved of his duties after seeing Everton are unable to play. I'm Andy Baxter and this is Pint of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast. Still wearing shorts on the terraces, it's Daz Napton. I'm actually wearing shorts. Good. And just happy to be out with the cold, it's Tom Medicroft. Chelsea versus Liverpool lasted longer than me. <laughs> How you doing, everybody? Don't need to add anything to that, do we? Um, we don't need to add anything to that at all. Certainly not going to deep dive that factoid. No. <laughs> I'm very sad that Bielsa has ruled himself out of the Everton manager position because that would have been great content, if nothing else. It is a huge shame. Mm. Frankie, <laughs> first I spy on you, then I take your job. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> Say hi to Christine for me. <laughs> Well, yeah, that would have been great fun. And now they're going to end up with Rooney and it's not going to be fun and they're still going to go down. And there's been reports today of players not going to training and stuff like that. It's just a flipping mess. But, you know, at least um, it's Western against Truro on Saturday, which is first versus second. Although by the time this is out, that'll have been played. So, um, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Are you going to uh, go to it? I'm going to that one, yeah. There's um, rumours it might be taking the whole household to that one rather than just taking Hazel. So that would be a, could be interesting. Hopefully it'd be a good win. That would put them eight or nine clear with two games in hand. So that's pretty much it then, isn't it, really? I mean, don't mean to jinx it or anything, but... I'm really glad you said that on live recording. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm really glad we have a record <laughs> of this. And just to let everyone behind the curtain as well, I'm speaking to the guy from the Truro Supporters Club. Well, you'll have heard it by the time you've heard this. So, um, yeah, I won't let him in on my hubris. Anyway, Daz, that's not why we're here to talk about my hubris. Why are we here? 
Why are we here? Well, we're here because it's in the mix and we have got some more installments of Andrew Ward. But the first thing I just wanted to check, because I'm not sure if I've made this up, but did either of you see a headline over the weekend about a white card in like a yellow card and a red card? Yeah, I did see that. Is that is, is that a bit like um, when we saw the first green card at the conifer? What was that made of? The green card was actually like, you should be sent off for this, but we're going to allow you instead to make a sub or something like that. Done with this sort of thing. Um, I think it was to do with like swearing and things that you can actually get booked and sent off for. It's basically you, the you get booked sir, for swearing. sir, he said a bad word card. Mm, not good. I think it's the yeah. It's basically like it'd be a bit harsh to actually send someone off. So you just sort of go the last them off. The last Sunday league match I played in, someone got sent off for swearing. The yeah. very last, yeah. So it it can happen at this extreme level that I play at. We still lost anyway. But, but what's this white card about? We should have maybe thought about this before we tried to discuss it. Was it a sin bin kind of thing? Because I know that they trial all kinds of stuff at the moment, don't they? I saw a sin bin um, attempted to be carried out in the Dorset Premier League, but it doesn't work because, like, you need you need about five officials to keep track of who's off. So, like, it, yeah, it basically true. falls to the bench to like start screaming at the ref when they've been off for the amount of time, and all the yeah. all the like managers had their phone stopwatches on. It doesn't work. The white card is shown in recognition of fair play, which means showing good behaviour and sportsmanship. It's only used in Portugal. I don't like that at all. And also, have you watched the Portuguese national team? (laughs) Sportsmanship and fair play is not part of their repertoire. (laughs) The nation that brought us Pepe. Maybe that's why they brought it in, just to... um... We could say we've done it, but they don't actually have to do it because there's never been an instance of fair play in Portugal. What do they get? A biscuit. <laughs> anyway. And Tom, have you recovered from last week's episode with the <laughs> imaginary football match yet? I still don't fully understand what we talked about. Like, I, I the old brain kind of uh, packed up its suitcase and put a little businessman's hat on and was like, I'm just going to leave for a bit, uh, get some errands done while Daz tells me about this. So, I am sad I missed it, though, because it did seem really bonkers. Yeah, it's definitely the most bizarre thing we've come across yet. I just think it, it, it you could literally just put anything in a newspaper back in the day. Yeah. As opposed to now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think you'd see... <laughs> I write up in the sports pages of oh, all the fucking games got postponed this week. So here's one that I invented in my own head. Yeah, here's what may have happened, but definitely <laughs> didn't. Because at one point, didn't someone get trapped in a, mile, a mound of salt or something? And like, by the way, all your bets are valid to this. Yeah, that was the weird thing. We've just got some people in to decide what might have happened. You must have made some enemies. Yeah, it was just a sentence which is like, they got around the legalities of this. Did they? (laughs) Good to know, yeah. Anyway, come on, let's have it. The game in two grounds. Ooh, double tick. 
for those 1965 groundhoppers. So the game in two grounds, which takes place in Cardiff and Coventry. Not, not even two grounds that are anywhere near each other. No, it's a classic Wardy false start title. The Football League Division 2 game between Cardiff City and Coventry City was watched by 12,639 people in Cardiff and 10,294 people in Coventry, and it was the first of its kind in Britain. It was relayed by closed-circuit television. Ooh. So it's basically like early fan zone. But Oh, like a beanbuck. Yeah, but you, you have to go to the ground because, you know. Well, that's pretty good because, you know, you'd, you'd be around all the fans and stuff and in a stadium and things. A few quid for the club. I know, but... although, although I imagine it's going to all go to shit because that's just the way this book, isn't it? But just think, like, could you not just make your way from Coventry to Cardiff? It's not that far. When did you say it was? 1965. It's pretty far. It's not that far. <laughs> it's not like it's like a European adventure to Luxembourg. Mm. I could understand if it was that, but I just think fans should just be going to this. This is where football started to die. We haven't found when it's peaked yet, but we've found when it started to die. The year before England won the World Cup. Yeah, a temporary <laughs> reprieve when they won the World Cup. Yeah, no spoilers. If anyone's following this book, having to learn everything about football, having had no prior knowledge, I'm really sorry to tell you at this point. Been conned. <laughs> over, over a year of your life. Yeah, doesn't get much better. Sorry. Immediately after Coventry's reserves game on Tuesday evening, the night before the game at Cardiff, workmen went into action at Highfield Road to erect scaffolding and four large screens, each 40 foot by 30 foot. That's a bit more understandable. It's a midweek game, I guess. A lot of away fans probably couldn't get off the duty on the farms or whatever people were doing back then, I guess. A bit harder to get away from it. So, yeah, you got these screens. Work went on through the night and was completed Minutes before the 7.30 p.m. kickoff at Cardiff. So it Good. took them, it basically took them 24 hours to build these screens. Can we imagine it's going to work? Well, didn't I think Bristol Rovers had one recently? It must have been for the World Cup. Did it work? No, of course not. So, um, you know, that's now 50 years on. So um, I imagine there was no chance in then. Yeah, but I suppose it was Bristol Rovers. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Running their football club pre-1965 <laughs> Coventry City standards. The technical details, here we go, arranged by Intertel and ViewSport, were a success. The commentary was conducted by John Campkin, a journalist and Coventry City director, and Danny Blanche Flower, which is quite a nice name, former Spurs captain and a Sunday Express columnist. So far, so good. The scene is set. Mm. So I'm guessing they had live commentary from people at Coventry's ground, also watching it on the telly. Oh, God. Just stood amongst the fans shouting. <laughs> it's, that'd be like um, 
how the rest of us feel when people that don't normally watch football but watch the World Cup and the Euros feel. <laughs> Coventry City obligingly switched to a set of red and white striped shirts borrowed from Stoke City to provide a more distinct contrast from the Cardiff shirts. They really have thought of it all, haven't they? Yeah, I suppose they didn't. Back then, TV was a bit rubbish, so maybe they thought, yeah, as you say, the shirt wouldn't show up too well on the telly. Mm. What do you mean, TV was a bit rubbish? <laughs> Have you not seen Emu? Emu? Rod Hull? Oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Bristol Rovers fan, don't you know? Is he? Yeah. Well, was, was he? He, he, recorded a, he recorded a Rovers-themed song. Excellent trivia. It's really bad. Doesn't matter, it's got an emu in it. Can we have that as the outro? Yes, definitely. Nice. The crowd at Highfield Road cheered as loudly as that at Ninian Park, especially when George Curtis gave Coventry the lead shortly before half-time. During the second half, we get a body with a warning. <laughs> Which weather is it going to be today? Gonna rain disembodied penises. I think we already had that one in his last story, Tom. It was actually fog that hung around. Did anyone get that one at home? (laughs) If so, Tom will send you a sweetie. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be, (laughs) it's one blackjack that I found around the back of my nan's sofa. It's very, it's very hard. It's covered in fluff and lint. But right. you went it. Right. <clears throat> Just write in to pintedfootball2015 at gmail.com. Uh, please, please provide a stamp because I'm not paying for the postage. Mm. Thank you. And then he's just, he's just going to stick the stamp on the suite and put it in the post box and see if it makes it to you. <laughs> writing in tiny little letters on the uh, on the wrapper carved in yeah um, Cardiff equalised through Gareth Williams in the 55th minute and Coventry's hopes of a first away win of the season lessened Ooh. no wonder no one went to this game from the away team anyway then three minutes from the end oh Coventry scored the winner a low shot from Welshman Ronnie Rees wonder if he was a Cardiff boy Boyo. Yeah, it's quite exciting <laughs> if that was the case. Thanks. Um, and then we get a statement that I just, I just find it hard to believe is true. It was an exciting time in Coventry. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever said that before. <laughs> I must admit, though, We've already had one exciting story from Coventry where Jose San Filippo started kicking everyone about. I don't think it was as exciting as that, watching a game on a TV. But, you know, it, like you say, it was the 60s. Not much else going on, was there? Yeah. At the time, the new University of Warwick was being built and students were arriving. And Coventry City were pushing towards Division One under the idea-laden leadership of manager Jimmy Hill and chairman Derek Robbins. Everything was sky blue. The sky blue stand. The sky blue train. The sky blue shop. Radio sky blue. 
sky blue caterers, the sky blue song, and of course, sky blue shirts. Makes sense. I think we all want to hear more of the sky blue song. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe we'll try and find that next. Tom's on the decks for this one, <laughs> providing you with some saucy tunes. From an yeah. emu in the sky blues. I mean, if I can find, if I can find a, if there is a worse football song than Rod Hull and emu uh, singing Bristol Rovers all the way, then I'm, I am all ears. I am yeah. a giant ear, waiting for your terrible song. We'll do a special top ten worst football songs. Don't give that's away all a, the content. That's a really, that's a really good idea. Put it in the notepad. Anyway, how did this end? Sky Blue Closed Circuit Television was the latest success, but the games would require very careful selection, needing to be between clubs that are at least some distance apart so that away fans would not be prevented from travelling and in order not to clash with other matches nearby. That would leave two or three midweek games a season at most. I don't know if that's Wardy like closing it off as, yeah, it's not going to work or... I'm fed up with this, lads. <laughs> It seemed like it actually went quite well. Yeah. Revenue streams, you know, as you say, Tuesday night, the technology is sort of just on its way in. So, yeah, why not give it a go? Um, I imagine it was quite the undertaking for um, 1967, no, 1965. And as we just joked, the fact they managed it in 1965, yet Bristol Rovers couldn't manage it two months ago. I can't remember what it was that happened if they just lost signal or there was no sound or it was just generally naff. It just cut to a message and it was just Jerry Barton on the big screen. (laughs) (laughs) Peak football? I mean, the branding was good. Like, I heard Sky Blue quite a few times. Mm. It's really Mm. stuck in my head. So it's clearly worked as an advertising thing. Yeah. Joking aside, Jimmy Hill did bring a lot to the game as we know it now. All the stuff that we mentioned there, things like shirt sponsorship, um, he removed things like the maximum wage for players and stuff like that. And uh, he changed the way that the, the, the TV revenues were dealt with, I believe, which led to shows like Match of the Day and stuff like that being more commonplace. He really did a lot of stuff, considering he was just a former player turned manager, director of football, whatever he ended up doing, chairman. Was his brother uh, William Hill? I think so, yeah. Betting shop. Yeah. <laughs> Way. Again, for better or worse, uh, influenced the modern game very strongly. Absolutely. So, yeah, we, we the Hill family have got a lot to answer for. To answer your question, though, Daz, the, the, to take issue with the story, um, I think the book is called Strangest Matches, and this was just a 2-1 away win, which is... Yeah. You know, find good for Coventry, but not not peak football. Yeah. In agreement, Tom. Yeah. See, they are just a lot of these are real pedestrian. Like <laughs> you, you, you were mentioning on Twitter the other day how you watched a documentary about the, you know, thirty-two nil game, uh, which was Australia versus American Samoa, if I remember correctly. Yeah, now, 31 that's, that's now, but yeah. How did the uh, stars align for that to happen? And this is just like a really drab midweek game. <laughs> it involved shirt sponsors in some way, like, ooh. The Sky Blue TV. It's, it's not that strange anymore, and it wasn't really that strange the first time it happened, because it's just 
It's just the first time it happened. Like the, the first game where they had offside as a rule isn't strange. It's just a new rule. If they had a new role a, a new rule where like um you could score with your bell end, then that would be strange. And then <laughs> yeah, like you can put... it's perfectly legal. I would like wow. to I would like to refer to the rules before I comment. <laughs> <laughs> Pick ones, mayonnaise. Quality mayonnaise, dips, dressing, and sauces that are mixed with love and flair. Pick what you want. Oh, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Should we have a go at one more then? Join them. Yeah, let's do it. We're going up to Chester now. It's January. It's the big one. 1966. We've come into the, the greatest year, many would say, of all time for England. And... How are we going to start the year? A pair of broken legs. Oh, dear. <laughs> I mean, that as a title is, is, is fabulous. I, I feel for how it's going to go, but whatever. Let's, um, yeah, we'll throw ourselves into it. Yeah. Much like the person that broke both our legs. <laughs> hey. Yeah. There'll probably be no mention of anyone getting their legs broken until the last <laughs> sentence. And like... An entire two pages about the weather and how grim <laughs> it is up north. No, I hate, hate the north. <laughs> <laughs> Contrary to what you guys have just said, we go straight in with the action. One of soccer's strangest coincidences, he uses that like every other story, let's see if it actually is, occurred on New Year's Day 1966 when Chester fullbacks Ray Jones and Bryn Jones both broke their left legs in the home game against Aldershot. Well, fair enough. He told us straight away. And now I'm interested in seeing how he's going to fill out the rest of the story. <laughs> he's already he's, he's already shot his load. That'll <laughs> work. What if I told you there were more than two players with the surname Jones? Stop. There were four players called Jones on the pitch that fateful day. I wonder if that is a record of most Joneses in a match. I don't know. Do you remember? Um, it was a, there was a World Cup game. Uh, the this most recent World Cup where the entire back four and the goalkeeper of South Korea had the same last name. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that was fun. It was pro- uh, not to be racist, but I think it was Kim. I mean, how 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 how, how do you train? How do you receive coaching? 
it must have been awful on the training ground, <laughs> shouting their own names and stuff. Kim. Right, you're Kim one, you're Kim two. I googled um the most Jones in a match, which is admittedly <laughs> it was oh, the best podcast ever. It was a it was a bit vague even for this podcast. The first result was about Phil Jones, who played for my United, he might still play for my United, and the second one is about a chap called John Jones, who is a UFC chap. So right. I guess I guess we don't know. Sorry. Mice, Mice Jones is in a UFC match. <laughs> exactly. I mean, by the sounds of this broken legs all over the show, maybe this should have been a UFC. Yeah. If you're a Sunday League player and have played in a game with uh, five or more Joneses, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. So we've heard about Ray. We've heard about Bren with the broken legs, the Chester fullbacks. Who are the others? Les was a Chester forward. And David was the older shot goalkeeper. And by the 55th minute, when the second injury happened, the others must have been wondering about their destinies. Is that a thing? <laughs> your destiny is to have your legs broken by a man called Jones. <laughs> Incredibly sinister, isn't it? It's very sort of final destination. Yeah. <laughs> I know they didn't have names on the back of the shirts at that point, but you can just imagine him trying to like cover it with his hands. It's like, <laughs> I'm not called Jones, I swear. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, where is this going to go from here? <laughs> the first accident occurred in the 21st minute. Bryn Jones tackled Derek Norman as the Aldershot forward carried the ball away. Jones was lying injured when Aldershot's Tony Priscott headed the game's opening goal. Tony Prescott-Jones, uh, surely. This was one of the non-Jones participants. Um, during all of this, so you've got a goal, a guy tried to make a tackle and broke his own leg, and then all of a sudden... To... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Crumbs have broken the old leg! <laughs> all of a sudden... Two older shot players started fighting each other. <laughs> Incredible. Why isn't this? Oh, the this story? sounds great. <laughs> this is good. This is really good. Every um, time you ask me, is this peak football? I think this this sounds like a hockey match. Yeah, it really does. And the the reason they were fighting, Dave Smith explained, who he's the manager. Apparently, whilst <laughs> Norman was being chased by a player who he thought was going to attack him. It was actually his teammate coming to celebrate with him. So they <laughs> started fighting each other. The real air of paranoia around the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, by this point, obviously, uh, Bryn Giants was took to hospital with his knackered leg. Chester, with David Reed on a sub, took the initiative and showed why they were chasing promotion from the fourth division. Hugh Ryden scored two goals, including a 30-yard shot, and Chester had a 2-1 half-time lead. Aldershot's Ken Malloy equalised five minutes after half-time. Then came the second tragedy of the day. Ray Jones broke his leg, making a tackle again. The technique isn't probably up to scratch. Right. Zeph, that's insane. I am scared about playing Sunday League on this weekend now with this sort of, this is going to be in my head every time I have to make a challenge. Why is your surname Jones? Oh, yes, yeah, should be fine in that case, shouldn't it? 
you should know about only people with the surname Jones who play fullback for Chester. Yeah. Um, although if you play against a fullback called Jones, or please do well. Yeah, or Chester, do let us know. That's quite scary. And the next time the two Chester fullbacks lined up together, he was in a hospital ward. <laughs> <laughs> Wardy loves a sinister joke. At least he can laugh about it, yeah, bloody hell. On the pitch, Chester, now with 10 men, contrived a memorable winning goal for Mick Metcalf. Despite this 3-2 success, Chester's promotion challenge began to fall away. They were handicapped by the loss of their two regular fullbacks for the rest of the season and were left to digest the peculiarities of the Aldershot game when both fullbacks, both called Jones, both broke their left legs. Oh, well, there you go. Peak football. I mean, I don't like seeing players injured, but I, I just, I do want to know how these people were breaking their own legs. <laughs> like, you just like going from standing, diving in with like your legs crossed. I, I don't, I don't know how you do. But I don't know how you convince your own body to do that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose pictures weren't as pristine as they are now, so it could have just you could have caught it in a divot or just like a <clears throat> posted earlier. It might have just been bad at tackling. Mm. Um, you know, I've just I, again while I was looking at Wikipedia, I we can't even ask him because he, he's unfortunately he's, he's no longer with us. Is uh, is Ray Jones? I haven't looked at Bryn Jones. I can look at Bryn Jones. Let me see what Bryn Jones is up to. I'd have a broken leg. He, Bryn Jones is still with us. He is 83. So yeah, him on. Um, Get him yeah, on. Get him on. <laughs> he only made 32 appearances in his career. He kept broke break, his leg. Kept breaking his leg. <laughs> Every every oh. time I get on the pitch, I break my leg. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> Maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> uh. There you go. Sorry if you're listening, Brent. Population of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> but it did just remind me of a really funny... You mentioned already that I watched that documentary the other day about American Samoa. They hired this eccentric old Dutchman to manage them. Apparently... Is there any other type of old <laughs> Dutchman? They, they put out an advert for the American Samoa job. Gutted we didn't see it at the time. Although okay. it was like it was like 2004 when we were like 13. At that, at, at that point, like um, if, if that level of job is advertised, can you legitimately put on your CV, I guided Torquay to League Two? Well, put it this way, Tom. <laughs> there was only one applicant for the job. And it was him. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I think if you put, I am prepared to relocate and do the job, then you've got a good shout to get me. Yeah. Have love, will travel. But, but anyway, so he turns up and he tries to take the training session and about, let's say, half an hour in, all he's doing is just shouting at them, like, why are you not Ronaldinho? <laughs> like, <laughs> they, can barely make, they can barely make a pass. I think I might have tweeted it where the, the, the best moment of training was when this striker takes this dreadful penalty and it just it just bumbles onto the post and everyone goes mad like he just scored the World Cup winner. <laughs> Couldn't even go in. 
But anyway, the, the point I was getting out with the tackles is there's a really funny bit where it's chucking it down with rain and they're all like, oh, you know, do we have to train? It's raining. Come on. Really can't board with this. And he's like, we use the rain to our advantage. And then he stood about 30 yards away from the player with the ball and he basically, and it's like something out of a cartoon, he basically shows them how to make a slide tackle starting 30 yards away. And he just slides 20 yards in the mud. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Like, like the Sol Campbell long tackle. Don't, don't Google that, by the way. <laughs> the funniest thing about it is, though, is there's no other situation where the player would just stand there until he makes it to them. <laughs> you just move out of the way with the ball. <laughs> just watch him slowly coming towards it. <laughs> but he does. And then he makes them all try it, and they just end up taking each other out. It does really, sound really like good. A, good, a, a good film. I'm glad you. Um, yeah, it was called. It and all that. I don't know why it was called Next Goal Wins, but that's what it was called. Have we got? Have we got a quiz? Which is just <laughs> which body? I... Which, which body part of Saul Campbell is this? <laughs> right. So I'm dusting off an old classic from. Uh, I don't imagine for a second that there's people that have been listening to me and uh, Daz since we had the old form of the podcast, but um, we've already done this quiz before, and what it is, is there's a uh, baseball game on the NES called Fighting Baseball, and um, for whatever reason... Uh, the Japanese version of the game couldn't like get the license to have the real players' names. So what they did is um, <clears throat> some poor like Japanese video game programmer in the 90s made up a list of like 100 American names. Fantastic. And um, a- as you can imagine, their idea of what a normal American is called is, is somewhat, uh, somewhat uh, esoteric. When did you say this was released 1994 oh right so late enough that they could have easily found out some real names of american yeah i mean they did have they had the internet then didn't they they i'm sure they could have but i don't think um budgets for video game programming were what they are now then i wonder if it was one of them no one's gonna check let's just go with it yeah anyway sorry i'll stop i don't think they were expecting to sell many yeah but um, on the other hand, uh, one of the many times that um, uh, professional football was launched in the US um, involved uh, like arena football. So uh, there was there's, there was um, about a decade where indoor soccer was really popular. And I know this because when I used to go along to Bristol Manor Farm and take photos, the goalkeeping coach, a guy called Mike Mahoney, um, ended up playing over there for a team called Los Angeles Lasers. So while when I was Googling him, I found the website um, nasljerseys.com, which is a real labor of love to this very brief uh, time in American soccer. And it just so happens that it's got a page with every single player that's ever played in that league. Wow. And... Funnily enough, a lot of them have names that are very similar to this 90s Japanese man's approximation of what an American name is. 
So by by sheer cosmic sort of chance of my random internet usage, I've devised a game called Is This a Player from Fighting Baseball or Is This a Player from the North American Soccer League? Go on then. What do we get one each or do we both have a guess at the same? I have um, six pairs of names for you. And so it will be best of six. If you both get all of them, then I don't I don't know. Then it's a tie. I just don't know. It just ends. Nothing matters. The, pod- because... the, the, the podcast ends. Yeah, fair. If you all get all of them, this is the last episode of Point of Football. So stick around, folks. Yeah, it might it might be over soon. So Daz, can you please tell me out of Tad Delorme and Kevin Liver <laughs> who is the real indoor football player and who is the pretend baseball player? Um Liver is real. I'm afraid you are incorrect. <laughs> Tad Delorme is a real person. Kevin Liver is a made-up baseball player. Andy, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know. How I'm going to say this without laughing. Who is the real person out of Bertus Hugerman <laughs> and Jeff Fappus? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think um, Bertus Hugerman has got to be a creation of fiction. See, this quiz, this is, I think this is a really good format because you're actually wrong. Wow. Bertus Hugerman is a real person, and you can look at a picture of the man on naslgerseys.com. I, I think Mr. and Mrs. Hugerman have got questions to answer. Last time we played this game, uh, me and Daz found an actual player called Glenn Carbonara. Is that where that came from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's lovely. Daz, you go. Daz, is Sean Furcott or Ron Klinkenberg a real person? <laughs> Sean Furcott, Ron Klinkenberg. That's Sean. Sean with an O. Or Ron Klinkenberg. So you're saying Sean Philcott is a real person? Not if it's got an O in it, surely. Ron. Go for Ron. Ron Klinkenberg is the real player. Yes. You're correct. We're off the mark. So, Andy. Odd Lindbergh. Odd. Odd Lindbergh. Or Steve Busman. Steve Busman doesn't sound that outrageous for Americans, does it? That's you know. I'm afraid you're wrong. Oh, Old Lindbergh is a is a real person. <laughs> Would you like to know who he played for? Oh yes. Odd. Is he even short for anything? Oddney. Old Lindbergh played for St. Louis Stars and Dallas Tornado. Okay. Fine. They might be real teams. They might not be. <laughs> uh, so does. Ted Balloon <laughs> or Peter Nogley? Uh, Peter's real. Peter Nogley is a real guy. You're great at this. So, consolation guy for, for Andy. Scooter Rolker 
or bomb cram? <laughs> I don't think either of them are real. Um, what was it? Scooter Raleigh. Scooter Ralka or Ralka. Bomb Cram. I think this is probably the hardest one. Scooter Scooter Ralka. Sorry, I don't want to get that wrong again. I'm afraid Bomb Cram is somehow a real person. <laughs> Goodness sake. You can just call your children anything in America. <laughs> yeah, because whatever the hell these days. Oh, Bomb Cram actually uh, played for West Bromwich, Colchester and Bath. And he's an American. Uh, seemingly. But oh well, okay. Well, now we um, now we know. I don't know. Are we any better for that? Who knows? Yeah, here we are. I uh, I really enjoy that format. I might do it again. Give it another year. Yeah. We're not yeah. going to remember. It's just it could be anything, couldn't it? I think the best the best made up one is Sleeve McDyckel. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a. Uh, Bobson Dugnut. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that last time this nonsense came up. <laughs> oh, fabulous. There if you are American and have a unreal sounding name, please contact us and we will mock you on air. Does is your name Thad Corndog? We want <laughs> to hear from you. Sleeve is um, a good one. They need, they need, there's got to be some sleeves out there. <laughs> Wow. My four-year-old nephew doesn't know the word for please in Spanish. That's poor for four, isn't it? <laughs> Come on, Ian. These are our seats. Oh, I'm looking forward to this step. I do like Bristol Rovers. It's, pardon me, madam. It's not a shopping bag. It's my email. Come on, Bristol Rovers. Let's hear you. Singing Bristol Rovers all the way. All the way. Singing Bristol Rovers all the way. Singing Bristol Rovers. Singing Bristol Rovers. Singing Bristol Rovers all the way. Right on, Emu. Do you mind, sir? I'm trying to watch the match. Mustn't call out things like that in the middle of a match. He's an Emu and he's dressed in blue and white. And he dreams of Bristol Rovers day and night. Down at Eastville you can find him With the Rovers fans behind him And they're singing out this song with all their might Come on Bristol Rovers! Singing Bristol Rovers all the way All the way! Singing Bristol Rovers all the way I'm glad you got me! Singing Bristol Rovers! Singing Bristol Rovers! Singing Bristol Rovers all the way Tom, I see you've got a can of beer there. Ooh. It's a day with a Y, isn't it? Hey. Well, the reason I mention that is because it is, in fact, National Beer Can Day. I, I'm sure. There does, seem to be, there does seem to be a day for everything. Like, at work, um, that we found out it was uh, National Menopause Week. It's probably why it's also National Beer Can Day in the same week. <laughs> is it beer can or is it Jamaican people oh, saying God. bacon? Beer can. Hilarious. <laughs> Leave that in. National <laughs> National Beer Can Sandwich Day. <laughs> Very crunchy. I'm not even the one who's been drinking. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.